1: Lynette fast welcome to Art Talk live sponsored by Noise Art Gallery at 119 South 9th Street and KzuM 89.3 FM. In the studio with me today is Danny Lynn and I'm really excited to have her with me here today. Uh, Danny and I have known each other for uh, probably about five years as we've been members yeah, at the gallery probably together. Pretty close yeah welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very I'm, much, Lynette. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, Danny, you have had uh, quite an evolution of your work over the last five years, and it's been very exciting to see the way uh, your portraiture has evolved into more graphic and design-oriented type pieces. I still see portraiture going on. You work with a variety of mediums, uh, oil Pastels, graphite, uh, linoleum cuts are coming back in your life now, you said. Mm -hmm. And also, what's so interesting is good old wax crayons. It's amazing to me what Danny can do with wax crayons. And if you haven't been into Noya's Art Gallery to see Danny's work yet, you've got to stop by uh, 119 South 9th Street. Uh, Danny's work has a very cubistic, geometric kind of a form to it, no matter what the subject is and talk a little with us today about where inspirations come from. So, Danny, tell us. <laughs> tell us it all right now. No, let's start out with the type of work you do, and what influenced you to work in your current style and, and the kind of colors and subjects.
0: Okay. Um, well, initially for actually many, many years, <clears throat> about the time I got out of college, I was really heavily influenced by Picasso and Picasso's uh, cubistic work. That has still got an influence on my work today that really has resonated with me um, because Picasso's work was such a, a conglomerate of his feelings and emotions. What was going on inside him? Forgetting all the um, other, you know, the brutality part. But, I mean, he would go from one end of the spectrum to the other. He would go from the most tender, loving, compassionate type of work and, and themes and subjects um, all the way to that other end of the spectrum, the brutal and the violent and things like that. I I kind of leave that by the wayside. Um, and that so that style or that theme is— really carried uh, through with my work for the last 25, 30 years. Um, but lately, in the last two, two and a half years, um, my work has really resonated uh, internally. I've, I've really internalized uh, what I've been going through and the transition dur- journey. So being a trans female um, and then not only educating myself and uh, educating everyone else, you know, to use correct pronouns and things like that. And um, and also j- just kind of being an advocate for the LGBTQ plus community, uh, doing a lot of learning. Um, I don't get it all right. <laughs> I, I, and uh, I rarely get it right a hundred percent, but I'm learning. It's part of that process. And um you know, I, I educate other people. And th- that kind of goes to, you know, we both have, you and I, Lynette, we both have an educator's background. Um, and that's what I have my degree in is art education. So um, my work, fresh out of college up until about two years ago, was very cubist- cubistic, um, was not real strong in color. And up to about two years ago, it, color really came back. And that's where I discovered Crayons, Crayola, just, you know, the things that we used when we were kids and uh, the more of a female type of subject matter and female portraits and things really came in uh, and started making its way into my work. Um, and, and then you, you, you can throw other things in there, too, that have really influenced my work, like the political climate. And then you're talking about the pastel work and the hearts. Um, I I think we need to see a lot more um, love and togetherness uh, in our communities and in our world in general. And that is reflected in what we see going on out in our world. And then, you know, all of us artists, we, we internalize that. We make sense of it. Um, It spurs us on to creativity and, you know, what comes out the other end is something different for everybody. And that's why everybody's unique. And this is how I just how um, how I express it in my work is, you know, with hearts and love and um, togetherness and things like that, trying to get along and express our differences and appreciate our differences.
1: Mm hmm. And. Beautiful, beautiful technique. Uh, Thank you. As you you work with that, uh, you know, when we say crayon, wax crayon, we think of the way little kids color with it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Your work is not like that. It's very pastel-like a lot of color blend, a lot of softness to it. Mm-hmm. And then when we look at your subject matter uh, with the cubism, uh, we have the angular distortion of the figure in your portraits. Sure. And we also have the broken down, fractured uh, appearance of surfaces. Mm-hmm. And uh, we see that then even being carried over into the graphic hearts. Mm-hmm. Uh, your Absolutely. Your work has changed, but it also hasn't changed. Yeah. Uh, You're very strong and hard into that uh, Picasso-esque kind of style. Mm -hmm. And uh, I still see very beautiful blends of color. I I can see that shading and moving from light to dark and and having contrast in value gradation scales uh, are very, very important for you. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, it is. Um, Yeah, you've really hit it on the head, my work has changed dramatically, yet it hasn't changed. And, and that's very interesting. In fact, uh, when I talk to people that have known my work for a long time, uh, from my younger days, or from pre-transition, you know, I'll ask them, I, I'll, uh, if they know my work very well, I'll ask them, can you tell at about what time, you know, that realization was made and where my work started to change? And people will pick up on that. And they'll go, oh, yeah, I remember you were working in black and white for several years. And then all of a sudden you're doing uh, portraits of women in, in crayon and pastels and lots of color. And yet there's still the the cubistic angularity. But it's it's a soft angularity. It's not brutal. Mm-hmm. It's not violent. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly it. That's where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm much happier about who I am, and uh, excited about life and living, and making uh, the most out of it I can, and um, I, I, you know, people pick up on that. People, people resonate with that, that mentality, or in that excitement, in that, uh, you know, vibrance.
1: Yeah, and that shows right out in your work. Yeah. Um, you uh, were sharing with me that. Uh, lino cuts, linoleum cuts uh-huh. are coming back around for you. You had done those previously <laughs> and and I saw a few of your linoleum cuts I think coming across your Facebook feed. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, Danny is available, very available online and you can check out work at the noiseartgallery.com website under the artist tab but it also has an Instagram account with a name tagline, Picasso of the Plains. Uh, <laughs> so look up Picasso of the planes and and you'll find plenty of imagery that Danny's created over the years and then also on Facebook you look for Danielle Lynn yes and um, I want to come back to those lino cuts okay um I see a very Matisse like paper cut
0: oh really feeling
1: of imagery again you know going into that kind of cubistic feel um a real interesting approach what's brought the linoleum cuts back for you
0: well it's interesting you asked that and did you know this for all the art history people out there Maca- uh, Matisse and Picasso were actually very good friends mm-hmm. they knew each other very well and actually they were they were also competitors of of sorts uh, they they were working at the same time and they were kind of in competition with one another but yet they also uh, had this high level of respect for each other. And so it's it, uh, it, kind of interesting you say that. I haven't heard anybody draw that parallel before. I did lino cuts when I was in college at Peru State College, and that's where I got my degree, art and education. And, uh, you know, I was kind of missing that. The lino cuts that I did at Peru, uh, people respond well to it. And they look they look really nice, and so I you know I hadn't done those, and I'm hate to uh, kind of embarrassed to say I hadn't done them in 30 years. So I wanted to pick that back up again, and uh, I just couldn't believe how much fun it was. And I wanted to kind of stay with that uh, Matisse slash Picasso type type of theme or type of um, angularity. But then again, it's it's more of a playful, like uh, angularity, like Matisse, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and kind of, but putting my own stamp on it.
1: hmm Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so you're going to see those for a little while yet, and then I probably will get back into um, crayons.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, just for our listeners who may not be familiar with what a linoleum cut is, uh, you might think of the old commercial grade linoleum flooring. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's a similar kind of product made for artists and sharp uh, razor-like chisel tools are used to cut the surface. So you have a lower surface and then a raised surface and it's called relief printing. Mm -hmm. And then uh, with that uh, block, uh, ink is rolled onto the top of it with a kind of like a rolling pin. It's called a brayer. They, they call it a brayer. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's a, a rubber, uh, hard rubber or soft rubber brayer. And you load that brayer up with some ink and roll it onto the block, and then you burnish and, and press your paper into that yep. to pull one print at a time off. Mm-hmm. And so it it's a very um, satisfying and rewarding kind of printing, but it's also tedious too. <laughs> very, and it
0: can be dangerous because those those little cutting tools. Uh-huh. Uh, um, I've gouged myself many a time. Oh so, yeah, yeah. You have to be yeah, very careful. Yeah. They're extremely <laughs> sharp.
1: As a, as a teacher, um, there's even stitches. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> in that <laughs> little gouging going on, not That'll only lesson. with myself but with kids. So yeah, it's it's a hard one to to do. But there is a new uh, soft cut linoleum uh, block out now that's a rubber. And I kinda have like seen those. Kind of like cutting a rubber eraser, and and yep. the print quality isn't as sharp and crisp, and okay, it's not as reusable. But okay. it's a it's a much safer way. <laughs> have not
0: have not gone there yet, but we'll see. Yeah, never. Never say never.
1: <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, uh, let's get back to more about your inspirations for your art. Okay. And I know that in the last six months you've had some real changes in your subject matter.
0: As far as the the hearts, the graphic hearts. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, that was. Um, I was anticipating we were coming up towards the end of the year 2018, and I was looking forward to Valentine's Day. And uh, like I've already alluded to, that kind of goes into I was uh, really paying attention to the political climate. I won't, I, I don't want to get into that, but it really was having an effect in, in who we have, you know, running the country right now politically. Um And so that was affecting me. And also what had a piece of that was the, uh, transgender rights, um, you know, equal rights and LGBTQ plus community and me, uh, now being a part of that. And that's also being affected politically by what's going on in the country. And, um, so I, you know, that had a lot to do with me wanting to do the hearts and to do more of a uh, graphic-type theme rather than more of an avant-garde-type, um, you know, subject matter. Uh, wanted to get back into doing pastel, but doing something and stay with something really colorful, but staying with uh, kind of a theme of, of love and togetherness and, and celebrating diversity.
1: Mm-hmm. And the, the hearts have a very monochromatic feel to them, mostly one color in light and dark tints yeah. and shades.
0: Yeah, um, and that's where, like you said, the value and gradation
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, just probably limiting it to two or three colors. Um, there's some that have a few, one or two more, but uh, limiting the, the colors, and but then repeating it. Mm-hmm. repeating the colors and repeating the shapes and and I was I was really pleased with the result actually mm-hmm. it, it has a real neat uh, graphic design type of element but yet it still keeps that angularity
1: it looks like a lot of rulers and protractors and compass drone. Uh
0: actually yes <laughs> yeah and and actually in creating that I also cut out heart templates mm-hmm. and I would do a lot of tracing Um mm-hmm and you want to talk about tedious linocuts has nothing on that.
1: Ah, uh, yeah.
0: There was a lot of tedious nights that I uh-huh. was that I was drawing over templates and then spraying it to fix it and mm-hmm. then drawing over it again and mm-hmm. getting it just right. I was I was being pretty meticulous, so.
1: Yeah, they have that very rigid mathematical yes. geometric uh, yes. style and
0: yeah it's it's not loose and sloppy it's mm. it's very clean mm-hmm. very clean
1: and doing that with pastels and doing that Poof! with pastels a little pastel and oh no yes the line's gone <laughs> <laughs> i'm
0: glad you mentioned that because uh it sometimes uh, you know it's very satisfying the end result but sometimes uh you know it you get it you get it all over the place very easily mm-hmm. and very quickly mm-hmm. and and so that times it, is a little frustrating, but mm-hmm. uh, the end result was very satisfying.
1: Some pastel artists that I've uh, visited with and learned from in the past use a suede-like board for their drawings. What's your surface? Mm. Um,
0: should I should I even admit this? It construction paper. Paper, yeah, yeah. Acid-free real... construction paper. You yeah. got to have something mm-hmm. really that's got some sort of tooth to it.
1: Right, right. Yeah. I have done some experimenting on suede mat board because it's oh, okay. the same kind of feel. Uh, try it sometime; it's interesting. Oh, well, that would um, be interesting. Yeah, and
0: suede mat yeah, board. Yeah, it's
1: amazing how it holds and pulls the color in. Okay, and um, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I I would say wise. I'm a jack of
0: all <laughs> trades and mm-hmm. an probably a master of none. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well,
1: swing by a photo uh, framing shop and and say, hey, sure. you got any suede matboard scraps okay. I can buy? <laughs> All right, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah. We yeah.
0: learn from each other. That's, that's the way we progress.
1: Uh-huh, yeah. Well, let's see here. Uh, Dana, you've really talked about your pursuits as a lifelong learner and so much how your art comes through you and, and you speak and your voice is through your art. Um, I know that you're involved in an event coming up. In July in our gallery Mm -hmm. and uh, as a member of noise art gallery of course we want to do shows and so every first and third Friday uh, at noise art gallery 119 South 9th Street you can stop down uh, from 6 to 9 p.m. and just have an evening filled with great fun and arts and entertainment we often have music or Oh, always lots of food. There's a lot of artists present at those events so that you can visit with them about their work. And Danny will be present at the July 19th, uh, third Friday event. Absolutely.
0: I'll be running it.
1: Aha. Sweet. Yeah. (laughs) How's that? (laughs) Yeah, that's really good. Well, Picasso of the Plains, Danny Lynn is with me in the studio today. Well, thank you
0: so much, Lynette.
1: (laughs) And I really appreciate your time. Good. Did you have anything you want to leave us with?
0: Keep creating.
1: Keep creating. Never
0: stop. <laughs> Never be satisfied. Always create. Always. That's what life is about.
1: Thanks so much, Danny. Thank you, Lynette. Have a great day. This is Julia Noyes from the Noise Art Gallery, and this has been Art Talk Live.
0: I want to especially thank Lila Cho for her original violin composition that she did special for us. Tune in again. We'll be looking for you.